Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Madame Magenta. No, that's not, you, not you what say, I normally say, You didn't say it? greetings, fans of the esoteric. I'll, I'll say that. Greetings, fans of the esoteric. And welcome to Madame Magenta and the Arcati Killer. The fans are going to be very upset if you stop dropping that catchphrase. Is it a catchphrase now? I, I think so. I thought I think... it was just laziness. No, I think it's I think it's part of your brand. But it, it just means I don't have to think of something new each time, to be honest. But, but it, maybe that's what a catchphrase is. I it think is pretty so. Lazy, isn't it, it is very lazy, it but is. it works. This has been a strange opening. Anyway, this is chapter Mum's the Word. I have no idea what number that is. I really hope no one's listening to this out of order because they'd be so lost. They definitely are listening out of order, unfortunately, according to the stats. But this is just something that we know about our listeners. They approach things in a a very peculiar way, a sort of Quentin Tarantino-ish way of listening. Oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe they're getting something out of it that we're not. Anyway, let's, let's begin. Oh, is there much of you in this? Oh uh, no, it's all there's barely any dialogue. Well, so I'll just ask uh, I'll ask you occasionally to take over Bernard. All right. Okay, that's fine. Been a very messy podcast so far. Well, hopefully we can turn it around. Yes, all right. Normally, this sort of house wouldn't pose too many problems. He'd wait until darkness fell, about 4pm at this time of year, and Jimmy opened the gate that led into the garden, keeping to the deep shadows and finding a safe vantage point from which to peer into the back windows with his array of spy gear. Oh, I think we're, I think we're in the murder's point of view. Oh, murderer's point of view. interesting. So we're, we're going to another thread. Yes. There's lots of threads to this book, but now we're hearing it from inside they, the murderer's oh, head. Oh, inside a murderer's head. Oh, Ooh, terrifying. A, a staple of detective Ooh. fiction this yeah, is, isn't yes. it? Finally, he'd nip over to the washing line, grab himself a souvenir gusset, and off he'd go. Hmm. Oh. Oh, maybe he's just a minor crim, this one. It might, might be a red herring, gusset. souvenir gusset. Unless yeah. he does the murders and then takes a souvenir gusset. You know, the good thing about having a terrible memory is I wrote this. I've got no idea what's you going on. You have no on. idea where, where it's going, I you? can't remember this at all. Anyway... But not this time. They had a dog. He couldn't risk the yappy dickhead barking at him. Most owners would shush their animals and call them inside the house, worried about upsetting the neighbours, unaware that the barking was directed at anything other than figments of their pet's imagination. But a rare few would listen to their dog, notice the aggressive and urgent cadence of the bark, and investigate. In this instance, he felt sure the mark would choose the latter, and he couldn't risk being found. The consequences would be messy. So that left the front of the house. But Magenta occupied the kitchen in the back more than the living room that overlooked the street. As a result, he'd barely seen her all day from his position 12 metres opposite her front door. <gasps> Gosh, goodness. Goodness, they're talking about... How sinister. They're talking about you. Oh. He squeezed his Mr. Slushy cup in frustration, the cup buckling in his fist. He'd arrived several hours ago at two in the morning, dealt a single blow with a sledgehammer to the windscreen of the Volvo parked in his chosen spot, and swiftly made his exit as the car alarm screeched in protest. Nine hours later, he returned to find the car had been towed away as planned. He slid into... I mean, that's what it's like with parking around here, isn't it? You uh, d- Desperate times, isn't it's it? It's the yeah. only way to ensure that you get a spot. You, you just have to sabotage the other cars. Yes. He slid into the vacant spot and waited, spy camera poised. 
A couple of hours later, he'd surreptitiously watched as Magenta marched down the road with a scraggy-looking terrier. She returned 40 minutes later and hadn't left the house since. Nor had he risked... That's a hard word to say. Nor had he risked... Nor had he risked leaving the car. He'd had to urinate into several slushy cups, just to make sure he didn't miss anything. Finally, his patience and discipline had paid off. He was balls deep in an old cup's raspberry-stained depths when he'd witnessed the passionate door-slamming drama with the huge black man. After much agonised face-pulling from Magenta, the man had been admitted into the house about an hour ago. Two slushy cups later, he had a small bladder, and the man still hadn't left. Magenta, it seemed, was having an affair. Well, he's... He's, he's wrong there. He, he is wrong. Yes. I, I, I do hope he's wrong. Well, he is, because we in the previous chapter we saw what was happening between... Oh, Jill of course, yes, and we, we know he's wrong, don't yes. we? Magenta, a tempestuous, lusty lady. Well, he's right about that. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Bernard was evidently insufficient to satisfy her hunger. Well, he's wrong about that. Yeah, too. well, he's wrong there. He had to admit he'd found this surprising. Although she oozed a louche, gravy-stained sexuality, he'd never suspected she was the unfaithful type. How should he feel about it, he wondered. Did it change anything that she was a disloyal slut, thoughtless of the sanctity of family and devotion to her spouse? He probed the thoughts like a manky tooth and found pain and anger and a great burning need to possess her that echoed from the depths. Ooh, all, all, all psychos are slut shamers. They are, aren't they? That's a fact. Magenta. Truth be told, he'd wanted her before he'd even met her. From the moment he spotted the wedding photo in Bernard's wallet, a close-up laughing and resplendent on her wedding day in a gold lame turban, she'd burrowed under the dermis and taken root. He'd poked and probed Bernard about his wife for months now and been rewarded with enough detail for the obsession to truly flourish. He'd even bought a Halloween special horny devil butt plug, £9.99, excluding P&P, from her website, just so he could touch something that she had touched. It had arrived and looked suspiciously like a used cork from a wine bottle, but he cherished it. She had fingered it, after all. And then last week, he oh-so-casually invited them both to dinner. Then accepted, which sent him into a frenzy of anticipation. To heighten their sensation, he'd inserted the plug shortly before they arrived, so that he and Magenta would have a secret connection, right in front of the cuckold Bernard. But it was a disaster. Right from the off, she'd been reserved, distant, clearly bored. He was, to put it mildly, upset, and vaguely worried about how far up his colon the plug had crept. He was also baffled. She was not behaving how he'd imagined at all. Not only had Magenta failed to sense their connection, she hadn't been remotely entranced by the wonderland that was his childhood home. How could that be? It was a home that Time Out itself would probably describe as darkly delicious, immersive experiential experience. Roger was in the habit of inventing reviews for himself. He occasionally toyed with the idea of opening the house up to the public at weekends, turning it into a hot new London destination for the clued-up glitterati. He could see it now. Each weekend would be themed. A gluten and dairy-free wine and cheese night for sexy professionals, followed by a sophisticated orgy. A board games and Haribo night for sexy hipsters, followed by an orgy. Or maybe a night that was just an orgy for anyone who earned more than 100k per annum. God, it'd be classy as shit. He would become the zeitgeist. Oh, so we know who it is now. It's Roger. So it's Roger. I mean, I'd guessed. I mean, it, yes. It was yes. pretty obvious It was, point. but it is, it's good to have it confirmed, yes. isn't it? So we, we just popped out of Roger's point of view 
and to, into to a sort observe, of third person. Yes, a third, like an independent observer of Roger, independently observing. I don't you. think I've ever seen that in a book before. This is this is a lot of narrative devices. It's here. a lot of innovation, Bernard. It is right. Let's go. Unbelievably, Magenta had been indifferent to this as yet hypothetical critical acclaim, not to mention his excellent trousers and conversational expertise. It had infuriated him and had found himself strenuously asserting his authority over Bernard as punishment. He'd openly sneered at them just to provoke a reaction besides smiling blank-eyed politeness. And it had worked. In the end, she had responded to his implied insults with beautifully blunt force and had wanted to strangle her with her own 80 denier tights and kiss her big fat mouth at the same time. And then they had left and he'd raged and wept until his mum had come downstairs and told him to shut up. Not because she had a migraine, that had been a fabrication of his own invention to hide how antisocial she was. She'd actually been working while the dinner party had wheezed to a standstill two floors below. Working, 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 work! It's all she ever did! And apparently his angry sobs had been disturbing her, as they always had. The slushy cup leaked gently over his leather-clad hand and added to the car's new care home aroma. He was glad she'd stayed away from the dinner party, really. His mother and Magenta in the same room might have been too much for him. Magenta. He'd been looking for a long time for a woman as contrary and infuriating as his mum. His cold, impatient mother with her esoteric obsessions, her frequent, unexplained absences, her irritable dismissal of all his feelings. She had not read a single one of his poems to this very day. Not even Everybody Hates Me Because I'm Better Than Them, which had been so brilliant and precocious that his school had referred him to a child psychologist. There had been other women beside Magenta, of course, and other women to occupy his thoughts over the years besides his mother. He'd even married one of them, a stoned model who went away on a photo shoot three days after the wedding and hadn't been back since. He suspected she'd genuinely forgotten they were married. The last time they'd spoken, she'd called him Gordon and sounded surprised when he corrected her. He didn't even know where she was, not even to deliver divorce papers. It was easier to tell people it had already happened. But even someone of her physical perfection could never have truly satisfied him, even if she'd stayed long enough to remember his name. He'd never be satisfied with mediocrity, and he'd thought everyone else was mediocre until he'd met Magenta. No one had ever fit the brief quite so perfectly as Magenta. Magenta. (laughs) He didn't even know what to do with her. For now it was enough to catch glimpses and gaze at photos. But he knew the need would grow and grow quickly and he'd find himself unable to resist an outward expression of his desires. Magenta. The time was coming and soon she would appreciate all he had to offer. Bloody hell. Both sinister and... Slightly, well, flattering or accurate? I I suppose, yes. Accurate in his deep sort of uh, admiration. I I suppose he sees in you all of the things that I do also see in you. Yes, he's just a bit intense, that's all. He's rather creepy. I don't think I would be in the habit of smashing cars in order to spy on you. That's not something I would do, I don't think. No, oh no, no. He's obviously got a few screws loose. I mean, he's now our prime suspect, don't you think? Well, he is, rather. I mean, yeah. It's all lining up that way, isn't it? It is, really. And you know, I genuinely can't remember who the murderer is. (laughs) I really can't. (laughs) Well, well, what a voyage of discovery this will be. It really is. 
Especially with all all of your various uh, uh, narrative layers that you keep weaving in. Just when you think you know all of them, just when you think you've seen all of the narrative layers. I mean, it's a cast of thousands, isn't it? It is. It's Ben-Hur. It is, yes. It's marvellous. I mean, who's next? Some completely peripheral character gets four chapters to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. All right, the next chapter, just to give you a little teaser so that you come back next week, is called England Ho, which could be a pun. Or it could be, you know how, uh, or it could be, you know, like a uh, a hunting call. Well, like a sort of a declaration, England ho, that kind yes, of Yes, exactly. Because you know Soho? Yes. Soho used to be a hunting call. Soho! That's right, That's right. yes. And now it's a hunting ground for a very different Something kind else. of thing. Although it's not anymore. It's just full of coffee shops and no, things, isn't it? No, it's mostly expensive flats. Yes. But, uh, but yes, who knows what England ho could refer to? Yes. I hope it's not a pun because it suggests I'm an England ho. Oh dear. Although, you know, nothing wrong with that. All right. Keep listening. <laughs> we, you shall listen to us next time. Yes, you shall listen to us next time. I thought I'd try your other catchphrase. Yes. I feel like we should have a goodbye, though. I mean, we, should, we could say goodbye, couldn't we? Goodbye. Goodbye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. <laughs> Are you two still awake? Dad, we're too excited! You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion! Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. The manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the... Rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee-haw! Hop on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot-toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore. Lasso a goat in Farmin Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorn Town. Stop it, Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out, it's the Four Spurs Man Train! Two parks in one and only $19.99 for a family of four. And how about you? Yeah, that's right. You. Listening to this. Are you ready to come back? To Mockery Manor. Season 3. Available now. <laughs>